Hey guys, I'm Nick here with Tanner and Zach, and thanks for tuning into the Voyager Way, a podcast dedicated to sharing our passion for everything outdoors with listeners just like you. Whether it's talking about incredible trips we've been on, teaching you the best way to get your own adventure started, or talking with amazing guests about the incredible things they've done or places they've been. You can find it all here on the Voyager Way. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Voyager Way podcast. Today's guest is honestly probably one of the most hardworking, passionate, and outdoorsiest humans that I know on this planet. She grew up in a family that prioritized spending time outdoors, was incredibly involved with the Lay Voyager program growing up, and even took on the role of the base camp manager for multiple summers. And she currently lives in Vermont with her fiance, who also has an incredible passion for the outdoors. And I'm sure we'll kind of talk about that dynamic moving forward, too. Um, her name is Mary Spethman, and we are incredibly excited to have her on the podcast today. Mary, thanks for agreeing to jump on here with us. How are you doing tonight? I am great. <laughs> I have to say, a little uh, offended that I'm the last of the Spethman siblings. Sure. I, I was, I was just thinking that. Yeah, it was. Um, um, <laughs> but, you know, save the best for last, I guess. Perfect. So I guess the first kind of thing I want to bring up, um, and this is in connection with one of the other projects that I'm working on. We just talked about this, but your first Voyager trip, and I wanted to bring it up because I, I feel like it might be a, kind of a defining moment for just you as, I don't know, just kind of growing up and as a young adult coming into just more responsibility and that kind of stuff. But, and I don't know if we've ever had like a legit conversation about your first trip, but I heard rumors, maybe I heard it from you that it rained like 75% of the time that you were up there or like definitely more days than it didn't rain. And then I think the, the most, the coolest part for me was even after going through all that, you still, this, did you do a far North trip? Uh, no, they didn't have okay. one the year that I okay. went. But even, even after a whole trip, like full of rain, which would have been probably enough for most people to say, okay, yeah, peace. Like I had enough of the woods for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> you decided to guide multiple trips after that. And then you became the base camp manager, which is a huge responsibility. You do that for like, it's not like you did it for one summer and then you're like, okay, that was cool. You invested a ton of your time and energy and talents into this program. Um, So I was wondering like what kind of clicked during that first, like seemingly like from the outside in awful experience up in like Canada, just dealing with rain the whole time. Like did anything kind of click? Yeah. um, So, I mean, I'll tell you a little bit about the trip. Yeah. You know, you go into a Voyager's trip and you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm going on a canoe trip with eight other people for 28 days and we'll see what happens. Yep, yep. And um, uh, it started off like our flights were late. So, like, we didn't get flown in until, like, 4 p.m. So, we just oh. had to camp where we got um, dropped Jeez. off. And so, like, yep. that was kind of like all right, this is weird. And like the first day, um, it was super windy and I was sitting garbage. I was navigating and, um, our boat tipped. Oh no. <laughs> On the first day. First day. No. Yeah. This was and your like first trip, right? My very first, yeah. My very okay. first trip. Like and so, like, what, yeah. So what happened was, um, our boat, like it was super windy and the waves were like bringing us into shore. And so it, it we tipped and it was like super shallow. Like we just stood up and <laughs> oh, it was so dumb. And I just remember being like, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, I definitely um, cried first day or something like that. Yeah, it was horrible. And like the girls that were in my canoe with me that day, like we're still figuring out paddling. So like we were like zigzagging all over the place and it just was like, what did I sign up for? Yeah. And it was a beautiful day. So, I mean, it was windy, but it was sunny. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And then, um, every, okay. So we were actually on trail for 29 days that summer. Um, and I will explain that in a little bit, but, okay. mm, yep. um, but 26 out of the 29 days it rained oh, and not man. and not just like not just like sprinkled and then it was sunny like it was yeah. like overcast and shitty for oh 26 gosh. out of the 26 days, days. <laughs> oh, yeah and like there would be moments where like you would think you saw the sun and you'd be like <laughs> yes finally and then it would be like oh clouds like it was it was it was wild so did different like girls in your crew 
take it differently than others, like handle it differently? Yeah. For the first like 10 days, we were all just miserable and like complained constantly. Um, And the other thing, so it had rained like pretty much that whole summer. I was second session. And so first session, like the last week of their trip was really wet. Um, So the rivers were really high. Oh. And so like portage trails were washed out and it was just like everything was harder because it was soaking wet. Yeah. Um and yeah, so the first like 10 days, actually it was like the first eight and a half days were just horrible, miserable. Uh everyone was complaining all the time, like people <laughs> were pissed at each other. Um, we also had, you know, those like rubber rain suits from like yeah. Fleet Farm. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the rain gear that we got that summer. Oh, and oh. so it's like hot and just, you know, all, all yeah. things miserable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember so vividly on day nine, we were sitting on this little island eating lunch. And I like, if I had the map in front of me, I could show you which lake we we're on. And yep. my guide, Nicole, like, we were complaining because the bannock wasn't cooked all the way. <laughs> um, I mean, it was literally dough. Was yeah. <laughs> and she stood up and used some words that I like, maybe don't need to say on here. Like yeah. she was super pissed off. And um, at, at what? Just everything. Okay. I think. The situation like, more just, than anything else. Kind of, yeah. Like reached yeah, her okay. boiling point. Yeah. And she was like, it kills me to hear you guys complaining about a place that like I love so much and like, yeah, it's been shitty, but um, if the hardest part of your day is finding a portage trail or like getting into your dry sleeping bag at night, um, like you had a pretty freaking good day. And we all kind of were like, Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so that, like, honestly, that is, like, a moment that has stuck with me for a long time. And I've had conversations with Nicole about it Mm -hmm. since then. And she doesn't remember saying it at all. She's like, "Mm, yeah, sure. I believe you. (laughs) That's something I would say, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, that was kind of, like, the turning point. And, I mean, like, the weather sucked the whole trip. And, like, the portage trails were flooded the whole trip. But, like, we just tried to make the best of it. Um, Yeah. How did you guys try to keep like morale good in like a situation so bad like that? Like it's one thing to have it for like a couple days, but like 20 some days in a row, like that's a lot to try to just keep morale up, especially if you don't have like sun or you're always wet, always (laughs) cold. Like how did you guys keep your sanity and just, I guess, keep morale high in some of those bad days? Honestly, like it just started to become normal. Like, um, I mean, on some of my more recent trips, like I would hate putting on a wet shirt in the morning because yeah. like most days you have time to dry it out. But like mm-hmm. that trip, like I didn't know anything different. So I'm like, yeah, it's cold for about 30 seconds and then like your body warms it up. So yeah. whatever. Um, but I mean, like a lot of jokes, a lot of singing and just like being super weird. Um, yeah. Sorry, Bo is in there with me. <laughs> um, and yeah, just like kind of lightened the mood all around. Um, and we just were all super encouraging towards each yeah. other and trying trying to make the best of it, even, mm-hmm. even when it was not easy to do. So what did you guys do for like cooking food? Did you guys, were you able to make fire or did you have to use the stoves a lot? Oh my God, this is so funny. It's like bringing back so many memories. Um, <laughs> this was a long time ago, you guys. This is 2009. I'm older than all of you. Um, so <laughs> actually, uh, one, like early in the trip, we found out that one of our little Nalgene canisters of matches was ruined. Um, oh, water had gotten in there. And so it's just like a big clump. Yeah, oh no. It ended up being okay. Like we were close enough to another crew that they gave us some of their matches and everything was fine. But that was like early so in the trip, you know. Didn't have to deal with. Like, of course, just add another thing onto the list. Yeah. And you know, like 
our guides were like, how could you guys have done this? And we're like, I don't know. We just took in the canoe. What do you want from us? <laughs> yeah. Why wasn't the jar closed? I don't yeah. know. Um, so, but anyways, we cooked with stoves most of the time. Like we mm. definitely tried to have a fire every night. And like yeah. some nights we were successful, but I mean like 26 days straight, like there's no dry wood yeah, <laughs> anywhere. No. Holy crap. Um, yeah. People I, would like use pages from their journal to try to like light them. Oh, no. <laughs> You're ripping out the pages of your book at, as you finish them at night. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I hope I remember this. Um, so I guess going from that trip and then after, like did it, did it even take almost after the trip to kind of look back and say, okay, that like there are more good good points of this trip, like good experiences than I remember there being? Or, like what what caused you to look back at that trip? Like, yep, I a want to do something like that again, and b I want to like lead a crew of like girls through this the same thing. You know, honestly, like I knew that I wanted to go on a second year trip from like day twelve on. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and like. It's funny because it was horrible. Like the weather was terrible and like I can still smell my trail shirt. Like I know like I know what it smelled like because it was wet and sweaty for so long. Um sorry, that's gross. No, you guys are probably pretty clean with all the rain. Honestly, no. (laughs) No, because it just like it never dried. If it would have dried, fair enough. Yeah, but um but yeah, I like, I just really started to enjoy myself and I loved how like everything felt slower and simpler and, um, it just like felt like a meaningful way to spend your time. And, um, so I, my guide, Nicole had gone on a far North trip on the seal river and I like asked her questions about it every single day. And, um, we tried to convince her to guide the far North trip the next year and it ended up just not. Uh, not being enough girls interested, which was a bummer. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I got home and I was like, yeah, I'm happy to be home. But I'm also like, I like being in the woods with just a few people. Um, It just feels, it feels like somewhere where I'm most myself. Um, Like, I don't know. It feels like a second home kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, um, so then you went on to guide how many trips? And did you did you end up guiding any far north? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh God. Okay. So I guided in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2016, and then I guided a far north trip in 2018. So oh, I think no. that's seven. Yeah. Holy. Dang, They're pretty seasoned, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were there? So I guess okay with guiding that many. Gosh. There's so much to unpack there. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So well, one second. We were talking about on our one of the boundary runner trips, just like how many paddle strokes we think oh, we paddled. You probably have more than Zach. I was gonna say Mary's probably paddled a couple strokes. It's funny, and I'm sure we'll talk about him later. But um, the last trip I went on was a personal trip, so I mean, I yeah. guess I did another one, 2019. Um, but Winchell and I were talking about like how many days we have on trail. Yep. And because um, one of the guys that went on our Leaf River trip with us in 2019 was on the um, Rediscover North America trip nice. in 2015. Goodness. So that's like 290 something ish oh, days. Wow. Yeah. And, and we added it up and he had like never paddled a canoe before then. Yep. We added it up and like he and I had like the same number of like days on trail. No way. And I was like. Yeah, we were Tanner and I were talking on a boundary wire strip. Like, what if you had a little gadget that you hooked onto your paddle? It would tell you because, gosh, like a pedometer. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. for your paddle, and it would tell you how many freaking paddle strokes. So we did like the rough math. We're like, okay, like just paddle for like a minute, right? And then let's multiply that by whatever times, whatever times, whatever, and like. That's a lot of freaking paddle strokes. And then, yeah. oh my gosh. Okay, so so seven guiding years. Did that, and so how many of those were solo and how many of those were with a co-guide? Um, only one of them was with a co-guide and then oh. I guess six of them were solo. Nice. Okay, so can you, so can you touch on the dynamic about like that, that dynamic change? Because I've only guided a 
you've done solo, haven't you? Or yeah, I've done yeah. solo. Like that change from having an extra, like, I mean, we like to say that those high schoolers are like young adults, obviously, but I mean, a lot of the times they're, they're still kind of growing in maturity and and just physically all that kind of stuff. So having like another, um, like guide with you as opposed to like going on a trip where it's just kind of you, like, obviously I'm sure in talking to some other guides, like they kind of find their one or two kids on their crew who are a little bit more like either responsible or just level-headed or whatever to kind of bank on. But did you, did you bank on your kids when you were solo guiding more than you thought you would or how much, like how different was that dynamic? Yeah. Um, it was interesting because I was terrified to solo guide and, and I wasn't nervous at all. Um, so in 2011, that was the first year I guided, yeah. uh, Carrie, my co-guide, I remember at the last supper, she's like, I haven't eaten in like two days. Like I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm so nervous. And I was like, really? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. And, um, and then in 2012, when I was like about to go on my first solo guided trip, I was like, okay, I'm even after I've done it before. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because, um, I, all of the things that I thought would be hard about it, I didn't like end up feeling that they were that challenging. So like, I was worried because with a co-guide, you have a sounding board. So like, if you have an idea, like about how to shoot a rapid or, um, about a reroute or something, you have somebody to run it by. That's not a participant because like usually you do that stuff before you bring it to the crew. And, um, so then when I was solo guiding, I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to bounce ideas off of anyone. And I mean, part of it like is a tribute to the girls that I guided in 2012 because like that crew could have probably run itself um about halfway through the trip like not not right away um (laughs) it took a little bit of like warming up but they were awesome and um like a bunch of natural leaders on that crew so it was it made the shift easier for me I also kind of liked it because um we like when you have a co-guide it's kind of like the guides and then the crew yeah and um then when it's just you like it's not like it's your, your crew and, and you, um, they, they play a bigger role in like the decision-making and like, I felt like I was a lot closer with the girls that I solo guided than I was with the girls that I co-guided simply because I didn't have someone my age to kind of like spend time with. Yeah. Yep. And so that was, oh gosh, I'm going to try and word this because Fred and I talked about um, when he was just starting to have, like, cause when he was just starting the program, he didn't really think that girls would like physically be able to kind of handle the trip. Um, and so they're a little bit worried, but then he, the first couple got, or girls crews I brought up there, he said he was like blown out of the water with how awesome they did. And he said, like, it was obviously like, just like, just physically wise, it was a little bit slower and it was a little bit like they did stuff differently, but like the ways that they did it differently were just as like, just as beautiful as the guys were doing it. You know what I mean? It was, it was different in their own way. Um, and obviously you haven't guided a guys in a girl's trip, but can you like kind of dive into maybe common themes you saw between like, I mean, not trying to draw any stereotypes here, but like just working with high school age girls and guys, like they're all crazy sometimes. Like, did you notice any common, (laughs) did you you notice any common themes about like kind of how a lot of the girls would start the trip and then how they would end? Like, was there any sort of personality shift or perspective changes that were common, but between them, were they all pretty different? Um, You know, it's funny because I think that it starts out with like the reasons that people sign up to go on this trip. So like, For teenage boys, it's usually like, that'd be sick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, for teenage girls, they're like, this is going to change my life. So, like, <laughs> and, and it's funny because, like, both things happen, right? Like, yes, it yeah. is sick and, yeah. like, it changes your life no matter who you are. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I actually, the one thing that I noticed a lot as like the years went on um the girls that I would guide like before we would go on the trip they seemed like um 
no offense to any of you listening. Um, <laughs> like just like little, like so young, like yeah. teenagers, dramatic, like, and then at the end of the trip, it's like, I would hang out with you. Yeah, and not yeah. just because I was forced to, it's like, yeah. they, they kind of come into their own, which is really cool. And you don't see so much of the, um, like pressure, outside pressure from yeah. friends at school or parents or whatever. Like you just get to see the person for who they really are. And like yeah. those challenges, like bring out the best and the worst in people. Yeah. And like, yeah as soon as someone like hits their breaking point, like that's, I feel like that's when they feel comfortable just being totally themselves. They're like, well, you guys saw me like bawling my eyes out up to my (laughs) shoulders in loon shit. So like, you're going to see me be as weird as I am and like as funny as I am and all of that. And so I think that that is something that's really cool because um, I mean, like I know that this happens with everyone just like in life, but there's a lot of pressure on, um, like teenage girls to like kind of fit the mold and most of us don't <laughs> so, um, not that I'm a teenager anymore yeah. <laughs> um, but most of us don't and so I think it's really cool to kind of like help facilitate that like going from like dressing up all the time and like trying to like be cool and fit in and whatever to like yeah. just totally being accepting of who you are and like Mm -hmm. unapologetic about it I think that that's really cool um yeah yeah just so you know the the breaking down and crying on porter strolls is definitely not just a girl thing (laughs) definitely that's awesome um so did you do you keep in touch with a lot of the girls that that you guided um and did you kind of did you notice the difference too? Like as you kind of got, since you did so many trips every summer, like, did you notice the difference like comparing your, and not just like how you did it, but just how the dynamic was with the girls when you were six or seven years into it, as opposed to like when you were just kind of starting, was that how much of a change was that or not, not too much? Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't even really notice it until I was a teacher and guiding. Um, because like, I was teaching at a school that a lot of the girls went to. And so it was kind of like one of those things where they're like, wait, this is like a whole different side of you. Like, and like, there are no secrets when you're in the woods for 30 days. (laughs) Like, yeah. Okay. Like we have a different relationship now. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Um, I've totally lost my train of thought. (laughs) Do you you just keep it? Do you keep in touch with a lot of the girls? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And okay, yeah, you asked about the differences. I'm like, why did I go off on yeah, that? No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so I do keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, some of them on a pre- pretty regular basis mm-hmm. and um, like others just like randomly. But yeah. like I still have people asking if they can put me down as a reference. Um, nice. And like I love that. Like, yeah. Like, course yes (laughs) you told me to call me so i could talk about you yeah right like don't just put me down as a reference as like someone that they're never going to contact like tell them to call me the reference Um, yeah you call this person (laughs) yeah so yeah i keep in touch with a handful um and i'm like pretty close with them still but i yeah i think that there's only probably a handful that i haven't talked to since like i don't know a year after their trip or something Well, even on our Instagram giveaways, I see like some of the girls from you, your crew and we say like tag your adventure buddies and they tag like your whole crew. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Like that, yeah. yeah. My, um, oh God, it's probably 2015. Yeah. I think it was my 2015 crew. Like they are still just like this. It's so nice. cool. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a cool thing too about like guiding that many years to like as you're guiding each individual year like as you get older like you're also growing and you're also like maturing and you're learning things that you maybe wish you could have done different the year before and so like you're still evolving at the same time as like these young adults are kind of coming into their own as well which is super cool to kind of experience for yourself as well because looking back on it you you don't really realize how much you've been changing throughout that time as well yeah and just even like how much you learn about yourself like I remember I can't I don't know what year it was but there was one trip where I was like super frustrated and I just walked away which like 
a younger version of me would have been like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, like, but I, I got really good at like letting them figure things out um, and kind of taking a step back. And I think like yeah. the older I got, the easier it was for me to like let go of some of the things that I wanted to kind of like be a helicopter guide about. Um, so, I think that was yeah. the hardest thing. If I could do anything differently the year I guided, it was, I was so stressed out about making sure we were on time, making sure everybody was staying safe, making sure everything was like perfect that I didn't give them enough space to make those mistakes that are like super helpful. Um, and there were sometimes like we didn't let them have a ton of help on portages. It's like, yep, like, this is your portage. Like you can get this canoe or pack or whatever to the end. Um, there's a couple kids who struggled flipping the canoe. Um, and so like, we like wouldn't let people help. And this is that the funny thing about guiding is like, there's definitely not a one way to do it. Um, so whether we did some things that we should have done or we did something, like, I'll, I'll preface that by saying everything we did was to hopefully help is whether or not I actually did is up for debate. But um, yeah, I just feel like if I would have let the, the participants on my cruise make more mistakes, I think it would have been better for them in the long run. Yeah. And that's like, that's definitely something the first year I guided, I was not good at. Like I was like all over them or like, they're like, I can't start this fire. I'm like, I'll teach you, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and by the end, I just was like, figure it out, ask someone else to teach you. Like, <laughs> and, um, and like, yeah, anyway. exactly. I was just yeah, going to say yeah. like, it's not, it sounds like I'm lazy, but at the same time, it's like, they get so much more out of teaching each other and like there's so much more pride associated with it instead of just being like yeah mary did everything every day and i paddled so (laughs) So while you're you're guiding f yeah yeah so while you're guiding after high school you're also attending the u of m and you got your bachelor's degree in english correct no um plot twist I, so I was an English teacher all right so I got my bachelor's degree in um journalism mass communications and I wanted to go into advertising and like after the trip that I guided before my senior year so 2013 I was like I don't want to sit in a cubicle and I want to do something that helps people and like I mean advertising you could argue that it helps people right like you help people sell things and whatever (laughs) but help people feel like they need to buy things Um, but like the I just was like the like instant gratification of guiding and seeing the people that you're impacting and like seeing them change I was like that's what I want and so I went and had a meeting with uh, my high school principal, Lynn Gruing, and I was like, help me. I don't know what to do. Like, I think I want to be a teacher. And she's like, you would be a great teacher. And so she helped me. She helped me decide that English would kind of be the best mm-hmm. um, route. And she helped me find a program and then I just had to break the news to my parents that yeah. my grad program started the day after graduation. Oh, dang. <laughs> um, but my parents were super supportive of it. You yeah. know, my dad's just a big, like, what's your plan guy? And my dad's yeah. like, I don't know. I think I want to be a teacher. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, so long answer to your question. It was my master's degree is in education with like an English emphasis. Nice. I have a question for you and Zach. I was kind of just thinking of it when we were talking about the guiding, but is like each different crew, is it sort of like a a mom loves her kids evenly sort of thing? Or is there (laughs) like, do you pick out favorites? You know, um, are you talking about crews or people on the crew? Yeah. Like crews. Okay. So, uh, you know, like, Every parent says they love their kids the same, but um, I think, like, I have, like, the people matter, but, like, you associate different memories with different, like, trips and what actually happens on the trip, but, like, yeah, I definitely have some favorite crews. (laughs) I think kind of like what she was saying, like, you associate each crew with, like, a different type of memory. Like, one of my crews, we did a route that nobody as far as we know of has ever done and so like 
going through that experience with them was like incredibly special. And I had another crew where it felt like I was surrounded by like all the class clowns from the central Minnesota area. <laughs> crew. Like it was just so funny to be with them all the time. Uh, and it's just like, I mean, like every crew has lots of strengths, lots of weaknesses like within it. And so it's like, everybody's constantly complimenting each other in their own ways. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, like they're always complimenting each other in different ways and I have different memories associated with each one and each crew helped me in their own specific way as well, yeah. as far as building who I am and hopefully me helping build who they are as well. Yeah. Nice. So Mary, moving forward, kind of after this whole Voyager's just almost career, right? I'm just kind of putting a lot of summers, a lot of work. Um, how much did you, cause I went through, I feel like we had similar um, thought processes as far as like, I went to school obviously not to do as much as I love the outdoors and the passion about it. I decided kind of to make it more of a hobby moving forward. Um, so how much has that played a role, even like going to undergrad, like meeting people, we've talked to some guests about kind of how they go from their trip and they just are kind of drawn to those kind of like just being outdoors and doing all that kind of stuff and drawn to people and like make friends with people who enjoy doing the same stuff. Um, and then maybe even when they're not like with people who do that, then sometimes they, they start to miss that a little bit. Um, so how much has being out, like starting this Voyager program and then leading after that, uh, how important has that made getting outdoors and like doing those, like doing different trips like that and outdoor activities been after, after the fact? Yeah. So in college, um, I didn't really hang out with people that did stuff outside, which I mean, like I hung out with the people from St. Cloud that were down in the cities that were yeah. like outdoorsy, but like all of my college friends were mostly indoorsy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really miss it, I think, because every summer I was guiding those trips. And then yeah. like there was a group of us that guided in 2011 that went down to Taylor's Falls and like went on a camping trip in the fall every year. Nice. Um my sophomore year, I think, I, I signed up for this like leadership class and it was an outdoor leadership class. And our like final exam was up on the um, like sea kayaking through the Apostle Islands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, sounds, <laughs> sounds great, right? Okay. Um, it rained every day. No. <laughs> It was still winter. So we got up to the Apostle oh, Islands and like the year was frozen still. It was like, it was that year. I don't know if you remember. So like this is mid-May and right. Lake Superior is still frozen. Like we walked out to the Apostle Islands. Oh, um, like on the shore, but like the wa the ice wasn't thick enough that you could like go walk through them like you can in the winter. And so it was just like this whole thing. We ended up just like winter camping for five days and that was like <laughs> our plan and it was miserable. I'm like, yeah. I paid a lot of money for this class. <laughs> um, so just like little things like that. But like I signed up for that class with um, Mike Zitlow and Allie Lands, who are two people that I had guided with. Um, and so I kind of like, I had my little core group of outdoorsy yeah. people and they were all close enough that they kind of were that fix for me. And then, yeah. um, yeah, my friends at school, I didn't feel like I needed them to fill that void. Yeah. And so we were talking a little bit about this before we got on the call with you and we are curious as far as how it happened. Um, but you're going to be getting married this year and, you and your fiance are a very outdoorsy couple. Uh, as we talked about with the paddle strokes, he has gotten a significant amount of paddle strokes. Millions. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. You wanna, Billions. Uh, do you want to tell us a story about how you and Winchell like, met and how you guys um, have gone on some of these trips together? Maybe talk a little bit about those trips as well as uh, maybe give Winchell a little bit of a plug for some of the trips that he's done as well because we for sure want to get him on here to talk about those in the future. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so how'd you I, he, Wendell is, um, eight years older than me. And so like, I knew of him, but like, we always kind of like missed each other. And so, yeah. um, like he was a base camp manager and a guide for a bunch of years. And then he, um, 
was in grad school and like went out to Utah and was working wilderness therapy out there. And then like I did all of those things. And um, so in the summer of 2014, I was supposed to guide a women's far north trip and Alex Trigg was going to guide the men's trip. And um, I found out that I had to have a shoulder surgery that winter, which meant that I was like out of commission for the next summer. And um, so Fred and Alex were like, well, we need somebody that can guide this women's trip because we had already had all the meetings. Like I already had my crew and um, Winchell had been working wilderness therapy with a women's group out in um, Utah. And so, and he has a whole bunch of paddling experience. And so um, he, they asked him if he would do it. Uh, he was like, yeah, I'll come home. And yeah. at that, at this point, they were planning their 2015 trip, which is when they paddled from the Gulf of Mexico to the Arctic Ocean. So he was like, that'll be perfect. Like, I can guide that summer and then just, like, prep for the trip. Because yeah. they left um, after New Year's okay. um, for that trip. And so... So we met that summer. I was still base camp manager um, and like in grad school and working two other jobs and just like, you know, trying to keep the boat floating. Um, (laughs) And he came and he guided that summer. And um, so that's when we met. But I was dating somebody else. And um, because I wasn't guiding, I wasn't around that much. And so like we didn't get to know each other super well. Yeah. And then in like in 2016, um, he came home for a long weekend and I went over to his parents' house and had dinner with like a bunch of our mutual friends. And, um, yeah, like we started dating shortly after that. He was living in Seattle at the time, which, um, sounds hard, like long distance, but it was actually super awesome because the Pacific Northwest is amazing. And so like every time, I went out there, um, we would like go on this really cool adventure somewhere. And so, so that was fun. That lasted for like, I don't know, almost a year. And then he moved back to Minnesota. Um, and the deal was that we were gonna like live in Minnesota until I finished my master's degree. And then we were going to move somewhere with mountains. So like we gave it a year around (laughs) family and stuff just to like make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then we, made plans to move so so having that much in common i'm curious did it like did it click pretty especially if you said you went to dinner and started dating shortly after that like did it do you just keep finding stuff that you guys had in common and just kind of like that was the rest is history yeah so it's interesting like um winchell and i are a lot of like in some aspects and like not at all alike in others and um everyone all of our mutual friends before we started dating, I didn't know this, um, but we're telling him like, you guys would be perfect together. Like (laughs) you're so much alike. And I think we're enough alike that we compliment each other. Um, But yeah, uh, I don't know, like our, our dynamic with like doing things outdoorsy is it's funny. Like I love day hikes Mm -hmm. and like, I'll get up at 3.30 in the morning to, like, go out, do a sunrise hike with some of yeah. my friends. And Winchell, like, doesn't care about hiking. He's like, he'll do it with me every once in a while. But he's like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you go up, well, you come down. from the Gulf of Mexico to the Arctic Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning hike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, like, um, but we're both kind of on the same page, too. Like, uh, a four-day canoe trip, like, doesn't scratch the itch. Like, it doesn't really feel like you're on trail until, like, you're two weeks in. And for a lot of people, that, like, probably sounds crazy because it's, like, what kind of a person just, like, takes two weeks and goes into the woods and, like, that's their vacation. Um, But, yeah, the like, the longer trips are definitely something that we both are pretty passionate about and, like, Mm -hmm. both sort of, like, feel a little empty (laughs) without, like – so we went on one in 2019 together and then obviously we couldn't go to Canada this year. Yeah. Um, Is that going to be a honeymoon? Well, so 
we're thinking about it. We have lots of, we have lots of options, Um, (laughs) but it's like, we're getting married in the middle of July, which is like kind of paddling time. And so we're maybe going to do like a short, um, not fully scratch the itch, but like a boundary waters trip after. And then we've talked about doing a river trip, um, like the Kazan or the Horton are both on our list. Yeah. But the problem with that is like, it's not really super smart to go on a remote whitewater river trip with just two people. And so he was like, so who should we bring with us on our honeymoon? (laughs) I don't think we're doing that right. Um, But we've talked about going to like Southeast Asia. Um, Thailand is high on our list. Vietnam is high on our list. So um, we're thinking that maybe we'll just do like a, long weekend or something in the boundary waters and then do thailand like in the winter sometime so this is a weird question i think but (laughs) one of like kind of the one of those things where now that you've like been in a relationship and you're marrying him so like that's that's why this is weird but now that like you've been with somebody who like prioritizes the outdoors probably as much if not more than you have um you guys are both just nuts um but like would you ever see that's why this is weird like you <laughs> like no, well, somebody, no I, I know what you're trying yeah, to say yeah, like, like um, just how important is it that that like now that you've been in a relationship with somebody who prioritizes that much yeah. how important is that aspect of your relationship that's better that's not yeah it's that <laughs> it's it's honestly it's so important because like um on our days off like we don't want to just like sit at home and watch a movie um and that's something that like I definitely need like that's kind of how like I recharge is by doing those things and um it's honestly just like sort of unspoken it's like oh we have the weekend off like we're going camping and um yeah we just bought a house but where we lived before we were like five minutes from a reservoir and there's like really awesome remote campsites and um like we were out there all the time and just like it was like oh well we don't have anything early tomorrow morning like do you want to go camp and so um it's nice that we're on the same page about that and like we always know that we're up for some kind of an adventure together so you guys, after being in Minnesota, you guys eventually worked your way out east and are now located in Vermont. Um, do, you have, do you want to just talk a little bit about what you and Winchell both do for your jobs and then what made you guys kind of want to go to the Vermont area as opposed to like somewhere else in the U.S.? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny. So we knew that we were going to live in Minnesota until I was done with my master's degree. And then it was like, okay, we want to go somewhere. Like we had three qualifiers, um, somewhere with mountains, somewhere with mutual employment. So where we could both find jobs and then somewhere where we knew people. And, um, like we were looking everywhere, Washington, Montana, Idaho, um, and then Winchell's like, we've never really considered the East Coast. And I was like, I would live there. And so he, right now he's working for a company that um, one of his coworkers from Second Nature out in Utah um, is one of the founding partners. And so it's a wilderness therapy slash residential treatment program. So it's kind of a hybrid. What's wilderness therapy? You've mentioned that a couple of times. Is that yeah, so um, most often people kind of associate it with like juvenile delinquents, oh, for lack okay. of a better phrase. But yeah. um, but but it's true. Like there are pro- there are wilderness therapy programs for people where it's like you do this program or like you're going to be in jail, kind of a gotcha. thing. Okay. Um, or people with like pretty strong um, like mental health issues, um, self harm, ideation, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so out West, these programs are like the participants are in the woods 100% of the time. And then the staff just rotates through. Whereas like the program that Winchell is working for is, um, like half and half. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're like at the farmhouse and doing activities around there. And then Thursday through Sunday, they go out on some kind of an excursion. Okay. Nice. Um, 
So yeah, so Winchell had a friend out here that had started a program and was like, we'd love to have you. And then I found a job, a teaching job that was um, at a school that was a lot like Cathedral, which is where we went to high school and where I was teaching. And um, and I loved my job in St. Cloud. I just didn't want to live in St. Cloud. Yeah. So um, like you, you can't have both kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah. And so... So we, I applied for that job and um, the assistant principal called me and was like, can I just, I just have a couple screening questions. Like, why are you applying to a job in Vermont? Yeah. And I was like, hello. And I pretty much just said the same thing. And he goes, okay, cool. Yeah. We'll call you for an interview. Like that was his only screening question. Cause it yeah. was just like, why is a person from Minnesota applying to a Vermont yeah, yeah. job? Like Vermont, <laughs> a little state, like it felt so random for him. Um, So yeah, we decided to come out here. So there are mountains and there was, there were jobs, but like, we don't know anyone here. And so that yeah. was something that was really hard, um, for the first year. Cause it was like, I had never lived outside of Minnesota. Winchell has lived away from his family for a while. Yeah. Um, like far away from his family. Yeah. And so something that was like really challenging for me. And then like, we didn't know anyone here either. Yeah. So, um, we, we put out some, put in some hard work trying to like find our people. Um, and we just ended up, um, in October, we bought a house out here and like, we've got a pretty solid group of friends now. And so like, it's a little, it's a little less like foreign. It still is weird that I have to get on two flights to see my family. Um, but it makes the time with my family like that much better. So yeah, for sure. I see that's, that's kind of the weird dynamic is when you're like, you almost take for granted kind of being around them so much. And then when you're not, um, now it's like you're close with your family. I'm not sure what Winchell's um, relationship is like with his, but it's just, yeah, it's definitely makes the time that you're with them. Um, I mean, even we were just at your parents' house this last, um, this last week and playing some broom ball with, uh, Peter and Abby, who we just had our podcast with They're I think they're leaving actually tomorrow, aren't they? Um, yeah literally your parents voice yeah so um yeah no it's just definitely and they, they were did they come visit you on vermont right when they're on their like east coast kind of run yeah so they actually came out here twice um they came out in october and helped us move from our apartment to our house <laughs> and nice. well they were coming those days anyway it was just convenient yeah. for us to have a giant vehicle <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously and then they were going to go back to minnesota for thanksgiving um and then like have to go down to florida and then back up to minnesota for mitchell's wedding and um i was like do you guys want to do that and they were like i don't know like we told mom (laughs) and dad we'd come home for thanksgiving and then my parents wanted to have thanksgiving out at our house in vermont but my mom was like well i don't know peter and abby are gonna come home over thanksgiving so like i don't want to bum them out and i was like okay you two like you guys need to talk because like everyone wants Thanksgiving here yeah. <laughs> um, and then with all of like COVID and stuff my mom and dad and David didn't end up coming and so it was okay. just Peter and Abby and Winchell and I yeah. uh, but it was fun yeah nice yeah so do you guys have any big trips kind of coming up here obviously as we're talking like honeymoon but is there any like bucket list trips I know you guys are talking about Thailand and places over like that but is there is that more of just like, what are you guys kind of waiting for as far as that stuff kind of goes? Like a couple more years, like in Vermont, just kind of settling in? Or are you guys making plans to do that kind of stuff pretty quick? Yeah, so um, there are some rivers up in northern Quebec. So the last one that we did, the Leaf River, um, is like we drove, I don't know, like 16 hours north and then mm-hmm. got on a short flight and we were like where we were going to be paddling. Okay. And nice. – um, so it's super cool. Vermont is Vermont is like really close to Quebec and like northern Quebec. And yeah. um, what's cool about it is like from Minnesota to like the Northwest Territories, Yellowknife, it's like 40 hours. Like for us, like we can get there in like 15 for the same kind of paddling and like nice. landscape. Okay. So there's a couple more rivers in northern Quebec that we want to do. Um, we want to do – oh um, – the Nahani with my family. Like that's okay. like one of our bucket list trips yep. would be to do a Stethman family Nahani trip. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't, 
we don't have any like big ones planned. Yeah, yeah, cool. Not yet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, plenty, <laughs> plenty of time. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll, I'll definitely have to. I haven't. Um, that's just starting this new job and stuff. It's been just, and with COVID and stuff, it's just been kind of keeping. Yeah, just the boat afloat. But once the summer rolls around and PTO all that kind of stuff, I'm definitely planning on making hopefully a trip out to you guys and all that kind of stuff. So. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Anyone can come. It's Perfect. awesome. Out here. It's <laughs> awesome. All right, Mary, thank you so much again for joining us tonight. We appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, definitely love talking to you. Saved uh, the best stuff in for last. Don't tell them that if they're listening. Woo-hoo. Tell them that. <laughs> tell them <laughs> that. Awesome. Um, oh, oh, the other thing we didn't bring up. Are you still, how much of that like sticker stuff are you still doing? Like, should we plug that? Like, do you want to hit that? Feel, yeah, feel free. Um, I just have been pretty lazy on my Instagram account, but yeah. um, no, I, I mean, I still have a bunch of stickers. I'm still doing custom orders for people. I just am not like pimping myself out anymore. Yeah, what's the <laughs> website called for any listener? Uh, it's Painted Paddle Co. Um, it's an Etsy shop. If you want to look, there's also an Instagram that I don't think I posted anything in for like over a year, but it's <laughs> yeah, there. I'll hype it up. Okay. There are these freaking amazing outdoor stickers. They have a bunch of like outdoor quotes and super cool pictures. Did you draw the pictures? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Freaking amazing. Yeah. So there are these camping and outdoor pictures that Mary drew and then there's like outdoor quotes on them which so they're super cool i have them on like three of my different things just laying around here. yeah i got one on the water bottle yeah too. yeah they're amazing yeah. okay so well, and i'll put i'll put the um link in the podcast instagram post that we do for this one just so <laughs> we told peter and abby because we did their blog post like you'll get like 10 extra people out of my <laughs> yeah <So>. hey <laughs> oh, ten, yeah. Okay. 10 more than they had yeah exactly perfect all right mary you have a great rest of your night and we will definitely keep in touch and hopefully hear from you soon Thanks, yeah, Mary. thanks, you guys. Nice talking to you. See ya. See ya. Thanks for tuning into the Voyager Way podcast. Follow us on social media at the Voyager Way for more content from all our outdoor adventures and plenty of how-to videos to get you started on some adventures of your own.